Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump and at widemencantjump.com. Here's the best pod in sports bringing you all the NBA highlights analysis and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and CamBay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at WideMenCan'tJump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men Can Jump. It's Nate, it's Tim, we're back. And here we are. It is episode 80 of Wide Men Can't Jump. And, man, we have got a lot to talk to. My man from the Great White North, do you read me? Come in, Tim. Are you there? I am here, Nate Bush. What is up? With you, my goodness. How is my volume at this moment, sir? You sound great. Beautiful. Like swan. Okay, good. Oh, well, blush, blush. Uh, yeah, I'm up here <laughs> in the land of the uh, Prime, Prime Minister Leonard, um, the great Kauai, whatever yeah. words you want to use, where I swear to God, um, I'm so sick of hearing about it, but I almost don't want to talk about it. Almost. It's just, it, it has become, uh, it has re- it's reached ridiculous proportions up here, and they haven't really even done anything yet. I mean, they're tied in a series, and it's 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 just gone full blown crazy. Well, you know, we we see full blown crazy. Let's go ahead and look at that. The series now tied at two games apiece after being two nothing. The Raptors have won two straight, um, and let's. Let's dive into this series a little bit here, Tim. Let's you and I take a look at this, shall we? Um, with the Raptors in game, let me get this pulled up here. Game number one, the Bucks win pretty decisively, um, 108 to 100. But it was, it never felt like it was that close. I mean, Leonard and Lowry both had a good game, but then. Nobody else really showed up. And we said then that they're going to have to have more help if they're going to beat Milwaukee. Uh, game two, it was a runaway. Milwaukee wins 125-103. Leonard, again, has a great game, but then Lowry with only 15. Norman Powell, decent game there, uh, but nobody else really showed up. So, again, Kawhi was by himself. Then the double overtime game where everything started to change. If you look at the stats, Kawhi, 36 Siakam, 25, Gasol, 16, Powell, 19, Lowry, 11. That's where the, the Raptors kind of found their swagger, kind of found their rhythm, found where they were. And then uh, game two was the Bucks in a stomp. Game four was the Raptors really in a stomp as they win again. This time, Lowry with 25, Powell, 18, Ibaka, 17, Gasol, 17, Kawhi. Kawhi didn't have one of the quarterback yeah. games, but he I had know, 19 he didn't, but check check out, that, check, out that, uh, check out that bench scoring though. Oh yeah, Toronto the bench. Usually, Toronto oh, usually doesn't pro- provide much from there, but forty eight from the bench. Well, there you go. Well, Norman Powell with eighteen, Van Fleet with thirteen, 
Uh, Ibaka coming off the bench with 17. You can't ask for more than that. Um, and, of course, if you look at the plus-minus, Norman Powell, plus 29 on the night. My goodness, what a night he had. Van Mr. Fleet plus 25. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Van Fleet suddenly has found his shot, which was yeah, missing. Yeah, and he – yeah, it had been missing most of the playoffs. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the other night. He was on fire. And you know, he was one of those guys last year. We were talking about, you know, sixth man of the year. He he's really kind of had a slump this year, but it's, man, he uh, found it when they needed it. It really was. Uh, how can I put this? Uh, to me, game one, a bit like game three. Yeah. Uh, not no real dominance, uh, but a win for who one for each side. Game two and game four are kind of a bit alike. Um, yeah, you're right. Cl- close for a while, and then not so close anymore. And uh, I watched most of game four, surprisingly enough, because of course the <laughs> world came to a, the world came to a halt here, and there was nothing else on television because there was no hockey game that night. Um, it was well, me, uh, it was an interesting game. I mean, I really, despite that score, I don't know. I never really felt like it was all it was all that it never in the bag. Felt like, yeah, it never <laughs> felt like a runaway, but it was at the same time. If that makes sense, uh, it was, but it wasn't. So again, I mean, I would felt say like a, they are pretty much. Uh, I mean, I, I don't like to really like you know, pat ourselves on the back too much, but I think we did say it was pretty even and it was going to be a matter of which superstar outperformed which superstar. And so far they've kind of, in, in their, they've kind of checked each other out for the most part. Uh, nobody's really, except for the one game, Kawhi went nuts there, but, and that only Toronto didn't win that game. Yeah, they didn't. That, that, that's, that's the interesting thing is Toronto doesn't win that game, but yet it seems like they're relying on Kawhi to maybe kickstart, get the team uh, kickstarted and ready to go. Whereas well, after, after the he can't game, just pick them up and win. Right. I mean, after game four, if you're a Raptor, you look at that box score and you go, okay, uh, he played, you know, our, our best player, he, he played all right, but he didn't even have 20 points. And we won by eighteen. Yeah, we can beat the, we can beat these guys. Now they've oh, just got to figure out. Now they've got to figure out a way to do it. How to do it in Milwaukee though, which may be a different ball of us. We'll see. Well, if they I, plan on if they plan uh, on going, if they plan on going to the the NBA Finals, they are definitely going to have to win one. Yeah, they don't have in a choice. I would say the winner of Game Five is uh, going to win the series. I don't you know. know if, I, uh, I don't know if stats box that up or not, but I kind of have the much. feeling that if the rap, particularly because it's Toronto on the on the road for Game Five, and if they fall behind and lose Game Five, I think that might be enough to make them pack up their tent and go home. I mean, I can see that, but at the same time, um, I don't know. Let's take a look here at, at some stats. This is an old statistic 
But this will tell you how how this really plays out. Uh, to get an idea of, of what, here's 25 playoff games where the series was tied 2-2. Here's some of the, the stats from that. This is from an old Bleacher Report article. The home team won game 5, 20 of the 25 contests. The series ended with the game 5 winner also winning game 6 and 14 series, and the series went to game 7 11 times. The home team won game, game 7 9 of those 11 times. And in that statistic, the team that won game five usually won game seven seven times. So there's hmm. there's that. So those those stats there kind of back up how important this game five is going to be. Because, again, both teams have beaten each other twice in a row, but now you have to make adjustments. The Raptors made good adjustments against um, – they made good adjustments coming into game three and game four. Now – it's on Mike Budenholzer and his crew to make adjustments against the Raptors because now we don't know uh, oh, what the Raptors are going to or, or what the Bucks are going to do against this Raptors defense because now they've switched Kawhi over to Giannis and that's really affected him here in these last two games. I know one thing for sure that Toronto does have going, and I don't like the guy. I don't care for his antics, but it's working. Drake is really getting under the skin of the Milwaukee Bucks. Big time. He really is. He really he, is, and he really is. When the coach, the coach is bitching about him. Jonas's uh, agent is bitching about him. His people are bitching about him. That can do nothing but good for the Toronto Raptors. If you're more focused on Drake, then you're not going to win a series. If you're more focused on him than what's happening on the court, you well, got to close like out the door. It's like, uh, well, yeah, it's like what's his name in uh, New York. Uh, Spike Lee. Spike Lee, right. Where I mean he's somewhat amusing, but if you play for the other team you just gotta you just gotta let him do whatever he's doing and not give him the any real estate in your head, so to speak. But boy, they they were supremely PO'd yesterday. Yeah, but, I read that. So i I don't know if that'll play out or not, but it's an interesting sidebar to the whole thing because really man, you you can't let you can't lose because of that. You you gotta get that out of your head. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can't do that. Um, and interesting enough, you know, you see a lot of these people at the games, like there's a lot of super fans. I know Philly, Philadelphia had a lot of their super fans that traveled to Toronto for that series. Uh, Drake goes to every game. There's also, I don't know if you've seen him, uh, he's a car dealership guy. He sits in the, the front row all the time, super fan of the Raptors. Uh, he goes to a lot of the games. Uh, he's given away 300,000 tickets. Uh, forget his name. His name's very tough to pronounce. I'm not even going to attempt it. But, but you would know him if you saw him, I believe. Uh, he, he usually has a turban uh, sits on the baseline. But uh, Mr. Torontonio. <laughs> we'll call it. might as well be. Might as well be. Right? Uh, sure, we'll go with it. <laughs> Mr. Torontonian, because that's actually the proper. Torontonian. Torontonian. Which is hard enough but, to say, yeah. But let me let me ask you this uh, question. You living in Canada, you have an interesting perspective on this. Now, granted, you're not near Toronto. I'm actually probably closer to Toronto, thank, to Toronto than thank you are. God. <laughs> but you being in Canada, this is the only basketball team in the whole country of Canada. Does And, and you know, Canada is normally a hockey place first. But are they looking at this team right now going, hey, 
they've got a shot here. Why well, don't you know? The, does the country kind of shut down a little bit here? No, no, because it's too big. It, it would be like expecting the the West Coast to shut down because somebody was winning on the East Coast. That's yeah, that's a little too far. But like it, it's gotten to the point, like at least as far as like uh, a sports net up here. Okay, that's our ESPN. Like when you go to their webpage, you swear to God, there's not another sport. Every article, every page, every window is Raptors. Uh, when you turn on the television, the, the sports networks, both of them, one of them who, who actually owns the team, I believe, and the other one has nothing to do with them, and still it's Raptors, 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 more Raptors. I mean, how much can you cover one basketball game? But they've managed to be, they, you know, they've been covering it since they tied it up. It's been nothing but Raptors. Um, it has sunk in a bit. The Stanley Cup final, if if the Stanley Cup was over, then I'd say they'd have a better shot at it. But that hasn't started yet. I mean, they, well, it's, we're to the final now. But that doesn't start till uh, Monday, I believe. Um, in, in in Toronto, they've definitely taken over. Like, that's, that's the only thing that matters right now. And like I said, Mr. Leonard is... Well, walking on walking on water right now. Well, again, you know, we looked back at the beginning of the year and we were very skeptical on if Kawhi Leonard the trade was worth it. Um, but now we're looking at we still can't say if it is well, or we, isn't. We're, we, we'll well, wait no, and see. We, we basically came down to the conclusion that it would definitely be if he stayed and they had any success at all like, you know, made the playoffs even, that would be fairly close to a win. I mean, if they make the final, even if they don't win, that gives that franchise all kinds of legitimacy that they haven't had before. So I'd say that's probably still a win. Now, whether they, what they do to be any good next year, if he leaves, that's another question entirely, but I see they just Um, made him some kind of ridiculous offer. I didn't, uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was going to get into that here. According to Complex.com, here's this is the article, some of it. Uh, apparently, there are restaurants in the city of Toronto. They offer him free food for life if he sticks around. Uh, and apparently, a gentleman by the name of Simon Mass. Have you heard that name? Yes, he's a big real estate guy in Toronto. Yeah, he is the CEO of Condo Store Realty Incorporated. And he's trying to get Kawhi Leonard to stay in Toronto. He re- It's reported that he is ready to give Kawhi Leonard, just give to him if he re-signs with the Raptors, a multi-million dollar penthouse in Toronto. And a representative confirmed as such, adding he'll be able to choose between a number of different penthouse condos in the city. So basically, well, uh, they're all offering- They are, but to add to that, it's also been just recently reported that Kawhi has actually bought a house in Toronto. Well, hell, he could have a house and a penthouse. But like as they said, he also owns a house in California, so who's counting? But uh, if $13 million or something stupid, which in Toronto is a, I mean, that's, I don't know. Why would you buy a $13 million house in a city if you plan on leaving? Like Toronto, the real estate estate market's not like, you know, L.A. or somewhere like that where... I don't know. It's all very crazy, and they all have way too much money. That's what I know. 
Oh, definitely. Definitely. But, you know, Kawhi getting offered that. We saw a lot of this with Dwight Howard, too. I don't remember when Dwight Howard's free agency was coming up. I know uh, the one I remember, and you're going to laugh at this because Nate would remember this, uh, Dwight Howard got offered free chicken tenders for life at a restaurant in Dallas. Yeah, well, with Dallas during free yeah, on, of course, I remember I'm that. Suddenly quite, I'm suddenly quite attentive, but I would have to ask the question of how, uh, how many does that actually uh, – is that a normal person's amount of chicken tenders a day? Or a pro athlete amount of chicken tenders. Uh, I don't know, but apparently that was one of the 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 offers. Or if he would have signed with the Mavericks, he did not sign with the Mavericks, so he did not so get the chicken tenders. If the uh, the competition, uh, I don't know, fat guys can't leap. <laughs> offered me, you know, a free. Uh, if that's out there, I'm stupid. Oh, would that be something? If that, you know, if they offered me a free chicken fillet, uh, chicken sandwich meal every day, I don't know. You know, I would have to consider that very, very. I, I mean, I, I'm, listen, I mean I'm, li- I'm listening to offers. Like I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm listening to offers, but <laughs> that's, our, that's our East Coast competition, fat men. Yeah. Sleep. Well, see, I'm on the East Coast, so. <laughs> but anyway, right, sorry, sorry uh, our West Coast, our West Coast competition. Down in uh, Nevada. <laughs> That's why nobody listens in Nevada. Cause yeah, that could be it. Covered up. That could be it. But uh, <laughs> you know, we look at this series. This has been a very yeah, interesting yeah. series here for the Raptors and the Bucks. And I'm looking forward to Game Five on Thursday night. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, but Tim, speaking of fun, did you see today? I, I posted it on Instagram. I got to use some more of the stay classy meat. The chicken today. They sent three packages of this chicken, and it was boneless breasts. And we cut them up. We made chicken fajitas out of them. Oh my God, man! So good, so clean. And it, this is this was just so delicious. This chicken was. I, and I, go ahead. I have to say that I sort of feel like a boy in the in you know in the plastic bubble at this point when it comes to that free meat. Um, I get to see it. <laughs> I see it. I hear a lot about it. Nobody manages well, to shove any in my bubble for some strange reason. <laughs> your bubble, the shipping to your bubble is quite expensive. Yes. But... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I I am well aware. Oh, yes. I saw the photos. I again went to the website and had another quick read to see, to be quite honest, to see if I could find something to punch some holes in. You know, like okay, maybe these guys are like, where's the catch? And mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm having a problem because uh, I haven't. I mean, I, I haven't really heard anybody even rumble. I thought maybe some people might think the price was a bit steep, but it really isn't. Especially if you bother to start really pricing things out, it's actually a pretty good deal. Uh, at least for up here in Canada, I can't speak for everywhere in the continental United States, uh, but uh, it's a good deal here too. The, the 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 product. Let's not forget here, like when when we're talking about. Uh, you know, you're saying bacon. Yeah. Okay. We're not we're not talking about uh, you know this 4.99 pack of bacon you can buy down at the corner store. We're talking about top grade, top animal, toply produced, toply manufactured products here. Yeah, not, absolutely. You know, absolutely. we're not talking about uh, 
you know, like let's compare it to, you know, yeah, sure, you can buy a shirt at a t-shirt at Walmart for three ninety nine, but it ain't no Denver Hayes that's gonna last you. You know, you're gonna get what you get out of it, and it's gonna be gone. Same with the meat. I mean, the quality is. You know, you ever cook some bacon and and wonder why you bought two and a half pounds of bacon and there's quarter of a pound of meat left in the frying pan when you're actually ready yeah. to eat it? Okay. Well, there's that. The fat content, of course, how much meat you actually get versus fat. A lot of it's water. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of water. Yeah, you get I mean, enough so of that here. No, we're talking about, like, say what you want. This is like, I don't want to, I don't want to put a label on it, but it's like kind of, you know, it's the upper class cuts of a product. We're not talking about Superstore. I don't know if you guys have that down there, but. Well, no, but but I get what you're saying. Okay, well, it's, you know, it's not, no, you you get what you, you get what you pay for. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good way of putting it. Yeah, and you will pay for this meat, um, they have a very good deal on their meat. It works out to almost, it's only like $5 a meal or $5 a portion or something of that nature. But you can save 10% at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com. When you use promo code WIDEMEN, if you use promo code WIDEMEN, you will save 10% on your purchase. And I'm telling you guys, as much meat as they sent me, I'm... My freezer's stocked right now. I've been eating. I've been eating this stuff as much as I can, and I've still got a freezer stock full. And there, I, I've got bison ribeye. I mean, I'm I mean at. we I'm know. Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Know, yeah. Yeah, it's coming. So, up. so you're going to use some up. Oh you yeah, big old queue. Pork and steaks, man. We're already planning. But I mean, we know for a fact we have got. Well, we're wide men can't jump. We've got several. Hell, several. Most of our fans are. If not, if they're not bigger guys, they're eaters. I've seen the oh, Facebook yeah. pages, people. I've seen the Twitters. You guys like to eat, so do yourself a favor and uh, get something classy. That's probably a little bit, and definitely is nutritionally a lot better for you too. Say what you yeah. want, but but it definitely is. So you know, I, I'm 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 not throwing any kind of a challenge out there, or am I? But, you know, guys, you know, I can't even get this stuff. I'd kill to be able to order this stuff. Yeah, I would even kill oh, somebody that you so. might want me to kill. So I'll even take it that far. <laughs> I, know, I know most people in the summertime spend a, a ridiculous amount of money on cheap burgers and cheap hot dogs and all that stuff. You're spending the money anyway. Get some quality. Get some quality. Try out our friends. And, uh, Absolutely. Try them out. StayClassyMeats.com, again, promo code WIDEMEN. You will save 10% on your order, whether it be a subscription purchase or a one-time purchase. StayClassyMeats.com. Check them out. I mean, if, if nothing else, buy from them at once so that we can maybe at least shake them down for one more free set of meat. Right, now. <laughs> you said it, not me. Yeah, but at this I time, Tim, if I can't we, get it. But anyway. we talked about the Raptors and Bucks series. Let's uh let, let's change it up a little bit. I got some, I got a surprise for you. A little surprise for you. Are you ready? Well, oh, ain't that the cutest little thing you ever seen? Bush That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's Bush League. It's back this week. 
Tim and I will be looking at three different clips, and they'll be on our Twitter page, so go check them out. And we'll be looking at them, and you, Tim, will decide which winner, which which clip is our Bush League winner, and we'll have nominees here. So head on over to the Wide Men Can't Jump Bush. Twitter page. Bush League, where I get to reaffirm and reacquaint myself with my 90s love, Kelly Rowland. Gotta love it. <laughs> well, let me know when you get to the Wide Man Kingdom Twitter page. I am there, sir. All right. Go down to the, the, the third clip down, and we'll start from there and work our way up. The first right, clip. The first clip right. we're going to look at is. Aaron McKinney, I believe is the name. Uh, let me double check on the name. I know it's McKinney. I'm pretty sure it's Aaron, but I want to I want to be a hundred percent sure it's on Alfonso his name. Alfonso McKinney. You're correct, sir. Alfonso McKinney and Damian Lillard oh, breaking his ankle. He falls down just a, a trip and fall in Game Four of the Western Finals. Comes off the screen and whoop, down he goes. Oh. Man, that sort of uh, reminds me of them uh, Chuck Norris sniper videos. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the Chuck Norris sniper video is kind of what it looks like. Somewhere up uh, in the rafters at the Portland Stadium, a very angry (laughs) Chuck Norris. (laughs) Oh goodness! But Alfonso McKinney, Mm. sir, you know what that was? That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? Or perhaps with that first name, maybe that was Alfonso Ribeiro, that guy from uh, doing the Carlton. Yeah, Fresh Prince. <laughs> Very much so. But that was, that was pretty. That was pretty horrific. But moving on to number two. Uh, let's look at our second one. Our second nominee, Mark Gasol from your Toronto Raptors up in Canada. Let's take a look at this. Gasol goes in, and he looks like he's going to go for a layup, but no, he wants to pass and pass it to the other team. Oh, what was he doing? Don't know what that was about. Kind of doing a rope-a-dope okay, there. Okay, well, I can <laughs> tell you right away on that one. He's They're, they're what nationality? Spanish, Gasol. Mark Gasol. Oh, okay, yeah. so they're more of an Olympic country, right? He was uh, – uh, Yeah, I'll say that. He sort of kind of forgot himself there and – Thought he was like uh, doing discus practice. <laughs> looked like discus frisbee something, a hammer toss. I don't know what he the like hell a, he was you know, doing. He looked like a guy who was just launched a discus and was trying to, you know, not <laughs> fall out the front of the circle, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> I have to agree with you. Grabs Lopez, even Drake, even Drake's on the sideline going, "What the hell?" You gotta admit, you know, when you watch and the look on his face, like, uh, "Oh man, what did I just do?" I don't know. Oh, I'll, yeah. just act, I'll just stand here and act cool, and maybe no one will yeah, notice. Let me just, let me just act natural. Doesn't tell <laughs> how just, bad that really was. Oh, it was bad. But he's like, I'll just stand here and act natural. Mark Gasol, bless your heart. You know what it was. I mean, that is Bush League. That's that Bush League. European lady armpit Bush League. <laughs> and our final clip this week. Take a look at it from game four, um, if I'm not mistaken, of the Western Conference final series. Jordan Bell goes up. Doink. Now, look. Now, take a look. Watch that from the beginning. Look at the confidence on that young man's face as he stills (laughs) up from the fade away. Watch how quickly it goes to, you know, 
oh man, what have I done? And on national television, uh, at least it wasn't for like the lead or something. At least they were already behind. But I mean, well, they ended up coming back and winning. I mean, short of missing, well, no, it's the most embarrassing play in basketball, I think. Because if you can't do it, then don't try to. But there's nothing worse than when they do that and miss because there's no real reason. All these well, guys can dunk. They can all dunk. Nobody's anywhere near him. He just got excited and he saw Drake dancing on the sidelines or something. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Drake's not even at that game. This is good. Yeah, but he, he, he pictured himself. <laughs> what, see, that's what it was. He was gearing up for the final. And it was picturing, okay, he was visualizing Drake over on the sidelines being a clown and how he was going to dunk and, and shut him up, and it backfired on him. I can't get well, over that look of that almost that half smile as he's going up, which goes to total, like, oh, my God, what have I done? And where can I yeah. stick my head that no one can the, see the my look, face? The look on Steve Kerr's face kind of says it all, if you look at the clip. Uh, that pretty much sums it up. And the whole crowd, of course, you're on the road. The whole crowd just starts busting gut-ass laughing at you. And and then you, that happens. So, no, it's back to, you know, just that's right up there when you when you take the open shot and come nowhere near anything and you get to hear the air ball chant. Well, it was like Giannis last night. Giannis actually airballed a free throw, but that's uh, another story for another time. So, we'll, we'll yeah, get into that later. But. About that one, but. Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough one, Nate. I, I'm, I'm tore up because that distance well, move before, is before really... Before you make your decision, Jordan Bell, that... That's Bush League. Ah. Yeah, that's Bush League. All right, Tim. Yeah, there was some serious Bush League in this. I mean, oh, the, yeah. the, broken, the broken ankle, while, while, while a great move, we've seen that before. That happens quite often. So I'm going to dismiss that first one. Okay. Uh, the discus move, however... <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I don't know that. Like, the only thing that would have made that better is if somebody would have had a tape measure in their pocket and ran out onto the floor quick and did it like a mock measurement. <laughs> that would have been absolutely hilarious. That would died. Been. Oh yeah, I'd have died for that moment. But I'm gonna have to go with that miss dunk because it's just. To me, like, okay, I'm not a basketball player, never played the game, even in school. But to me, that's the equivalent of shooting a puck into an empty net in hockey. There's just no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it. None. Yeah, I understand that. Well, and, Jordan Bell, you know, congratulations. Go up, go, up there, yeah, go up there with both hands if, you, if you're not so sure. Yeah, uh, of course. You know. Lay the ball up. Just get the points. Yeah, that's what get matters. The point, yeah, get the points and... Not look like an idiot. Well, Jordan Bell, congratulations. You're the winner of Bush League this week. As a prize, you will win a small tube for travel-sized compartments in a fanny pack of triple antibiotic ointment uh, for your butt because I know that after missing that dunk, you are butt hurt. So thanks again. This has been Bush League for this week. Bush League. He perhaps uh, could also be punished by being forced to uh, follow and try to win the WWE 24-7 championship. Oh, geez, that's a tough one to keep up with. But anyway, (laughs) 
crazy. Tim, you and I had a conversation the other night on the phone, and I said, you know what? Let's save this for the show because this is something we want to talk about. Um, you brought up dynasties. You know, the, everyone says the Patriots hold have on, a dynasty. I brought up Heather Locklear and Dynasty. Well, you did. And you took it to the basketball place. <laughs> well, I mean, can you blame me? But no, <laughs> I guess you we can. know we know whose priorities lay where. <laughs> Very true. But we talked about dynasties a little bit, and you know, in football, the New England Patriots come to mind, and you, you hear about, of course, the evil empire, the New York Yankees. Uh, and there's been a lot in sports talking about dynasty wise. We talked about, you know, back in the nineties, you know, who were the dominant teams, but we really didn't talk about requirements for a dynasty. So we're going to do that right now to kind of, we've been talking about the conference finals a lot. And there's going to be more conference finals talk, of course, but we just kind of wanted to change gears a little bit. So Tim, what would your definition of dynasty be? Exactly. What? I'm still thinking because there's only been uh, what uh, there's only been an NBA champion since 1947. So there's only been uh, 70. What is that? 53 and 18, 71 champions. Okay. And I and I guess we can kind of throw out some of the earlier ones because the league of course was not in any way resemble what it is now. Um, well, so I, I, don't can know name all, I mean, you're going to have to make name, a cut off somewhere. Well, I can name this off here. These are teams that have never won an NBA title. The Denver Nuggets, the Los Angeles Clippers. We see these are teams, actually these are teams that have never even made it to the NBA finals. The Denver Nuggets, the Clippers, the Hornets, the Timberwolves, the Toronto Raptors, the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans. Teams who have appeared in the finals but never won are the Phoenix Suns, the Utah Jazz, the Indiana Pacers, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Orlando Magic. Uh, 18 teams have won at least one NBA title. Uh, and then that's, that's pretty much that. And half of those uh, have only won once. Well, the Sacramento Kings in 1951, but they were the Rochester Royals. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, I believe, 61, they were the St. Louis Hawks. They're, the they're, all, they're all old except for Dallas, one in 2011. And Cleveland. And Cleveland. The rest of them are all uh, pre-1980s, so... Uh, but regardless, the only one one championship a dynasty does not make. So absolutely not, absolutely. So we not. can throw so we can throw that out. So we're looking at at least two in a row. That's the thing. I don't think the in the row stipulation matters to me. Well, within As- well within a certain amount of time. You can't win one in 1980 and one in 1992 and call yourself a dynasty. Well, I agree, I, but it's got to be close together. I think. Let's, I think you let's let's do it differently. I would say maybe follow this line of reasoning. Okay. There are a, there are a few teams that are actually dynasty teams. Uh, okay. Two in, I'll agree with two that. In, two in particular: the Celtics and the Lakers. 
yeah, who are so clearly. far ahead of who are so far ahead of everybody else. So let's throw them. Let's take them out of the equation. Their 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 franchises are dynasties. They've won. Um, I would argue probably in every decade just about or darn close. Okay. They probably they probably pulled off a championship. In fact, the Lakers had the one in the forties, fifties. They didn't win in the sixties. One in seventy two, one in eighty, one in uh, ninety eight, one in two thousand, one in two thousand and ten. So there you go. So they've covered them all. And I think the Lakers didn't win in the nineties. They didn't win one. So they're missing. But one. they did appear. They did appear in ninety one. Yes. They didn't. They did not but, win. But, but I mean, we we got to be careful because the, you know, once we take them out of the mix, there really only is eight teams that you could really count as being a dynasty. If we're going well, by I, NBA champions. Here, here's my thing, though. When I count dynasties, I don't really look at I, – I, to me, the Lakers could have multiple dynasties. Right, uh, but, but, I, I'm, I'm, but we're throwing out that just for them because they're – I mean, if that's the case, then they have seven dynasties. Okay, well, then they're just a dynasty. Well, I just right? look at it as the Lakers <laughs> – the Lakers of the 80s and the Lakers of the early 2000s could be two separate dynasties. Same with Boston. Well, and, and the, the Lakers Boston of the 50s. 60s and the Boston of the 80s could be two separate dynasties, in my opinion. Okay, no, I agree. But we're just trying. I'm just trying to simplify it to that we okay. don't have 38 dynasties. That's all. Like those two teams, nobody's going to argue that there are versions of the Celtics and the Lakers that are definitely dynasties. And you okay, can start I'll agree with that. Yeah, and you can start nitpicking at what they are after that, but but they definitely are. So then next on the list is is the uh, Golden State, I guess we'll call them. The the current Golden State Warriors that won in 2015, 2017, 2018. I'll agree. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold hold on just a second before we continue. Shocking developments here. Good lord, our our switchboard is full of phone numbers. <laughs> I know this guy. What is up with you, sir? Uh, what's up? Oh, first, <laughs> Look first, who first, it is. first time, first time caller. Long time listener. <laughs> Long time listener, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Robinson oh, has returned. Man. What is up, PR? Nobody in this house. So if I talk too loudly, I'll probably get screamed at. But uh. I figured with about 20 minutes to go or so, maybe less. I don't even know what time it is, but uh, we've, got another, say, we've got another hour and 20 minutes. You're fine. We, uh, I don't know how long I'll get away with that one, but uh, what, what topics have you discussed so far? Well, sir, I'll tell you this. We talked. We'll stop, we were talking, we'll about stop talking about. We'll stop talking about what we were talking about. If you got something you want to talk about, absolutely. We can no, go back to that time. I probably I probably just want I was wanting to hear what you talked about, and then I'll give my miserable well, after a twelve and a half hour workday opinion. Well, we did talk about uh, the game, the series between the Bucks and Raptors. Uh, we we had an appearance of Bush League, and we have interviews coming up with uh, one with Mitchell Moore talking about the conference finals. But we talked to Tom Moore today uh, about the Seventy Sixers. And developments there with them, especially with the cryptic Jimmy Butler tweet or post on Instagram, talk, thanking everyone uh, 
almost looks like a goodbye post. What, what do you think about that? I think he's bullshitting. Um, the word locally is that he's for, you know, take these words. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember verbatim, but somebody was saying strongly that he's forged a strong relationship with Joel Embiid and they're kind of, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they'd want to separate and, I don't know if the organization, but certainly 80% of the fan base wants to get rid of Ben Simmons because like me, uh, I don't think he'll ever be a champion with any kind of heart. I mean, other guys have developed a a jump shot, but they also took a jump shot when they sucked at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I do want to bring up, Tom Moore brought this to my attention, and you'll hear this later in our interview with him, and, and we go into a lot of depth about a lot of stuff. Tom Moore mentioned the shooting coach for Ben Simmons. Do you happen to know who Ben Simmons' shooting coach is? Yeah, his brother, uh, Sneezy or Happy Simmons, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> yes, his brother. Uh, yeah. I found that odd. I found yes, it very now, weird. When Nate told me that, my first well, I kept my what my real thoughts were. I didn't tell him because it struck me as odd that a multi-million-dollar organization allows multi-million-dollar players to have coaches that are not qualified to teach them anything. Seemed Correct. very seemed very very strange to me. Now I don't know if that's the norm in the NBA world. But I can definitely tell you in the world I know lots about with the NHL, that there is no way that Wayne Gretzky had, uh, you know, his second cousin's sister was teaching him anything about hockey on the side. Wasn't, wasn't happening. The team would have stepped in and kind of bossed that in a heartbeat. <clears throat> well, that's discouraging, Tim, because, my older sister Lisa, I was hoping to get in as my DHL driving coach. Um, okay, but well that's DHL, <laughs> sir. That's a totally different thing. That's a, that's a multi-billion-dollar organization. That's not a multi-million-dollar organization. Good point. Not that I work there. I'm just using. I could work for any career. <laughs> you know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But, you know, but we're looking at the Sixers TR, and it's like they gave Brett Brown another gear. Do you think that was a good call bad call? Um, Bad call. Uh, You know, I could go to episode one that we ever did and talk about the ownership group. That's concern is uh, the almighty dollar and – Jimmy Butler might have found out. Maybe he and Joel uh, planned something from the earlier thing I said, and then he might have found out another thing I heard is that the ownership group still doesn't give a fuck about anything except filling the stadium. And Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have proven to do that. Uh, So it's a frustrating thing. Um, Tobias Harris, if you 
I guess you call it Keith Pompey's report that uh, there's interest from six or seven teams as Kings, Pacers, a couple of them that I remember. Um, and he, he, he uh, for whatever reason, he he's not good here. Um, he was good in the regular season and just was kind of just a player in the playoffs, I, you know. From all yeah. reports, he's a great human being, and I'm sure he would fit in with, like, a, a Brooklyn – a lower-profile team he would be – and he's proven to do it in the past, like a, a top gun for a lower-profile team. But, you know, a lot of mental – Philly's the, the capital of mental illness, I think. Well, I mean, uh, look at what you gave up for him. You had the Miami pick – you had uh, another pick and Landry Shamit that you gave up, and he has been playing great ball as well. Um, and then, you know, you look at the Sixers, and what what are they lacking? They're lacking a solid Shooting backup game. point guard. They're also lacking a depth at wing. And you right. know you know who would have filled that role pretty well? Mikael Bridges. Drafted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I mean – we were looking at that as like I think Mikael Bridges would have fit in perfectly there had they kept him. So I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking with that move. Yeah, I mean as as I watched Kawhi closely in that series and uh <clears throat> you know, he looks pretty drained even though he's still being effective in this current series. If he stays at Toronto or in the East in general, um that crew that we got will never beat him. And if Giannis continues to improve and the Bucks don't get rid of everybody around him, like the Middletons and the Brogdons of the world, uh, we don't have no team of the future. You, you got to get what you can for Ben Simmons, in my opinion, because there's still dopes who thinks he's going to, develop a heart I would say a jump shot but it's it's based on a heart and guts to take that shot and he doesn't even want to in the playoffs he doesn't even want to drive because he's afraid he'll get fouled and then have to shoot foul shots so I would you know I got I spearheaded the run Markel Fultz out of town which worked and hopefully I can get uh gentle Ben <laughs> out of here Kind of sounds and, and like we, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers really need to either get a better one or get one, period. Uh, some kind of psychologist, psychiatrist thing going because, man, their guys have got a lot of issues. Yeah, it's funny you brought that up. I was, I was thinking the other day, like, sports psychologist somebody referred to for Ben in the off season. Um because he shoots, you know, he's, he's, he shot 30% from three point range in uh, high school. And, you know, he shot from the outside periodically at LSU, et cetera. So it's not that he can't shoot. I mean, he's just afraid to shoot well, because his ego is strange. It's a strange thing for a basketball player to not want to do. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like the fundamental. It's the most fundamental. It's what you do to to play basketball. <laughs> and you, it's, the, it's, the, it's usually the part that gets you the most recognition, too. Usually, anyway. it's like 
Ben Simmons is a porno star that won't fuck or or, or, or get a blowjob. <laughs> I just I just want to put it out there, but I don't want to use it. Yeah, he's going to assist somebody uh, oh. with his hand or something. But, <laughs> so you're basically calling Ben Simmons a fluffer. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, he's a fluffer. Fat men can't yeah. eat, mate. Fat men can't oh, eat. Oh, man. If, if I had the ability, I would make sure it's right now that, say, Ben Simmons is a fluffer, and they would be on sale immediately. <laughs> he he uh, His sister's his manager, too. He has a whole family thing going on there. So Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe, maybe these guys, instead of – like, I understand why they do it, because it keeps everything in-house and it keeps the money in-house, and I get that. But maybe some of these guys would be much better off um, having a more of a cutthroat-type manager who was really only interested in their performance and how much money they could make and wasn't afraid to maybe tell them things that uh, they perhaps don't want to hear. Right. I I mean, that was the Fultz problem. You know, he had his friends or his uncle or whatever the hell that was. His uncle, wink, wink. Um, yeah. You know, and all that. And that seems to be a real problem there. That there's there's too many. There's You know, who who's the coach of, the, of this team? Like, who decides what these guys are doing as far as training? And, you know, are they are they working on them during the season and then they go off and or they leave the team for the days off or whatever. And they've got somebody else drilling something else into their head. It's no wonder they're all confused. They don't know what the hell to do. Yeah, it's uh, you know, basically before that ugly word, the process. They were a you know second round playoff team with the, I don't know what year it was what. Andre Iguodala was on there, and then Drew. Yeah, Holiday Drew Holiday, Jody Jody Meeks, Kyle Korver <laughs> there. And, there and then we won ten, ten games a year to just go to the second round of the playoffs. So what was accomplished? Nothing. Not nothing. The only difference is you're selling more jerseys now. That's literally the only uh, difference. Yeah, the only difference uh, now is that we can officially put a nail in the process. It didn't work. I no, just want to give advice. I just want to give advice to uh, Rob Feinstein. Uh, uh, what's that other fucking guy? Greg Price, uh, Hannibal, whoever. Yeah, no, that that wrestler dude. Um, don't uh, approach Ben or his management team for a shoot interview because when he hears the word, he just declines. <laughs> he takes, he just takes the fifth on every uh, I, I don't know nothing about that. That was good. Well, shit, yeah, I was there, but I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> that's that's cool. Um, but what, what's your thoughts, though, Tr, to get away from the Sixers? What what's your thoughts on what you've got to see of the uh, conference finals? You know, Bucks, Raptors, and uh, Golden State and Portland. Well, <clears throat> I went in when when they went up to uh, meaning Milwaukee. Uh, I looked at their record in the playoffs, and uh, you know. Other than that Boston loss, they were, you know, just dominant. <clears throat> and I thought maybe, not likely, but maybe, they, you know, 
they might give uh, the Warriors a run. And, you know, it is it it does seem to be lining up for a Giannis, you know, appearance and loss, and then eventually getting that ring at some point. But uh, Toronto hung around in that 52 overtime game. <clears throat> And that emotionless Kawhi, that fucking robot, I went out, one of my wrong predictions earlier in the year, saying that he would not be able to physically come back and be good. And he defied all everything. And he's just good, better than he was, which is mind-boggling. No management, baby. Yeah. And, uh... So we have, uh, not that it was all Kawhi, because guys like Kyle Lowry are actually playing now that didn't really play in the uh, um, Philly series. Um, but I, I still feel tomorrow night the Bucks at home will win game five, may go seven, but I still feel pretty confident the Bucks because two seven-game series in a row, I don't know. I don't see the Raptors. Sorry, Tim. I don't see the Raptors going to the well, finals. I'm okay if it did. I said earlier that I figured whoever wins game five will win. I still yeah, stick I mean, with my early prediction. I, my early prediction is Toronto in seven, and I'm sticking with that after what they've done to the Greek freak in the past two games, basically forcing him to have the other players beat them. And the other players have not stepped up, whether it be Bledsoe, Connington, Miracic. Uh, Middleton's had good games, but, you know, he's been alone. Brogdon, I think, is still recovering from the injury. Lopez was a one-hit wonder in game one. So I'm just thinking, if Giannis can't get his normal, I think Toronto's got a shot, especially if Fred Van Fleet and company have found their rhythm. Uh like they did in game four. Well, as, as to quote, um, God, I'm forgetting her name. Fuck. To quote Gloria Estefan, the rhythm is going to get you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you didn't use a porn star there, which is what I thought you were going for. No, I, I remember most of their names, but somebody yeah, would say something that. Worse. No, but the rhythm, you know, the rhythm is going to get you. That kind of fits you. Somebody was <laughs> saying something at work about uh, that other thing, that pornography stuff, and maybe it was Bonnie Rotten that uh, successfully completed triple anal, um, oh my God. which was a that was a goal of mine. Uh, unfortunately, she beat me to it, but. Um, <clears throat> Anyhow, I I simply oh. want, like I may have to Google it because I I don't see how it's like uh, I I got uh, some problems there with the logistics involved in that. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, that's that's like kind of got me. Uh, the, I'm trying to get the visual double, of it. The double is uh, very you know tight for no pun. Um, but there was, I could see one from back, one from Perhaps front. Perhaps okay. a, uh, a hornswoggle-type individual was involved? 
I'm wondering where the rest of the body is coming from. And I don't know. I may Google it tonight to to really do some crack reporting well, we'll, for the we'll, show. Yeah, yeah, we'll expect a full report on that if you figure that one out. <laughs> complete, complete, complete with video. Oh yeah. God, the Tom Robinson report. <laughs> yeah, you see here, yeah. triple. You can see angle. from the angle here and the use of petroleum <laughs> jelly. Oh, I'll check it out. Who oh, the, uh, I, I want to jump all around while I'm on because I've not been on for a while. Uh, who are who are who are the four wrestlers that aren't going to Saudi Arabia? Uh, Kevin Owens was one of them. Owens is one for sure because he flipped out and really made a statement when he said he wasn't going. Apparently, was his yeah. statement that because they killed the journalist and all that? Or well, no, but he... he 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 didn't leave it in any. I guess he went to them and basically laid it out in language that even the WWE could understand on why he wasn't going. And he didn't leave it in any doubt that it was up for debate. Okay. Um, From what I understand. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm looking right now. Keep, keep talking. It's, uh, Uh, it's just, I do want to bring up TR. I do want to say, uh, Carrie Silkin says hello, by the way. Uh, he told me to tell you hi. Good guy. Um, yeah, de- definitely. Ambassador of uh, Ring of Honor. <clears throat> Ring of Honor. Yeah, he said when I come up to Philly uh, to uh, swing by and we can all have a beer or something. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, okay, Daniel Bryan is not going. He's a second. He's another one. Okay. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't go to the last, last event. Yeah. Um, I know Owens wasn't. Owens isn't going. <laughs> I'm an I'm an Owens fan, but I, I mean, probably, obviously, you know. obviously, Sammy Zayn's not going. Obviously. Yeah. No, oh, definitely. Uh, you know, it doesn't. Uh, there's nothing else here on this article. Maybe I'm I'll sure there be. I'm sure there's some more that won't, but. Maybe Ali, because uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like a uh, caveman or any racial I mean, the under other, or overtones. The only other person but... that refused to go the last time around was Cena, and he's not involved this time around. So um, I don't know. Well, any, anybody that's smarter than a fifth grader wouldn't go to that uh, evil country. I just don't, yeah, I just don't think it's, you know, when you really stop to think about it, it's just not worth, it's not worth, it's not worth the trouble. Well, the the problem is, uh, I mean, I forget, I think it was 45 million per show, right to Vince, and, uh, like, he, he, he doesn't. It's it's basically the boys' biggest payoff of the year, including WrestleMania. If they I go, mean, there, can't, there can't be all that many because the car. I mean, you get you got Goldberg, Undertaker, Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, Finn Balor, Andrade, Triple H, Randy Orton, Strowman, Lashley, Reigns, Shane McMahon, and then a fifty-man battle royal after that. Yeah. And so whoever isn't going there, there, there can't be many. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's odd. 
Uh, double, double or nothing and all that shit this weekend too, right? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Saturday night. Yeah, now that's, that's something that even like uh, in the wrestling aside, that, that, that fits all sports, that whole thing, because that's going to be interesting how that all uh, how that all pans out, as they say. Did, 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 I saw some clickbait, but I didn't, you know, I, I, I have any, no time to do anything really. It said Pac quits AEW. Is that true? Yeah. That um, rumor true. has it was rumor has it he didn't want to do the job for um, Hangman Page. He has some he has some title in some other indie organization, and his right. log, his logic was that he he couldn't really see himself having to lose to that to the other guy, even though from what I understand that's not an illogical booking. I don't know that much about those guys, but uh, yeah, he, he, would, he, he would not do the job. So they, which as Nate and I have talked about on some other, uh, on, I think maybe privately, but that might be a problem of theirs is who's going to do the job to who in that storied list of wrestlers that they have there. Well, uh, I, you know, I, I, I agree with Pac. I, w- I wouldn't probably do the job to be like uh, six, uh, banana in the uh, whatever they're called now. Um, the <clears throat> yeah, but the man yeah. has quit WWE and has quit AEW. That doesn't leave many big money options for for good old Poxter. No, because I told Nate. I guess it depends on who you are, but I mean, how like uh, we you know we were talking about that. I think it was the revival. And uh, whether okay, they're kind of in the down and outs in WWE now. If they were go to AEW, are they going to do the job to the Young Bucks? Uh, or you may you may initially, but how long are you going to lose to those guys? Are they willing to do the job for other people? Might be the better question. Maybe yeah, they, they had a help. They had a hell of a match the other night, though. Uh, one of them. No, I'm not. Was, I'm uh, not throwing any any shade at them. I'm just saying, like. I mean, it's hard to say how that hierarchy there is going to work because we haven't seen it in action yet. We don't know. Chris Jericho going to start losing to people? Uh, that didn't never wanna, has been. Yeah, uh, didn't, didn't want to lose. Didn't, yeah, didn't want to lose any other time. So it's fifty-one-year-old Chris Jericho. If you get booked with him, you know you're you got to do the job to him. You know how many uh, young guys here? You know, I don't. I don't know. Just uh, just throwing it out there. Boy, this has turned into a Sunday Night Roundtable. Awesome. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm just trying to catch up with things that are going on. Magic Johnson on first take saying that uh, Rob Polinkas. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he said all of that, then Polinka comes out the next day and says, I don't know what he's talking about. We're the best of friends. Yeah, uh, I've been listening to Stephen A. while working, and he he says, well, "Let me." I can't do a Stephen A. because I have to be loud. But he basically said, uh, "Magical smile on your face," and he's not gonna, you know, scream and holler at you. But uh, basically, he was saying that you know, magic won't be indignant. So their conversation on. Palinka's end was in his mind cordial, but Magic was just going through the motions. But uh, 
I didn't see the first take interview, but Stephen A. is high on the Magic side. Um, I just think the Lakers are a mess, no matter whose fucking side you're well, on. The rumor was going around that they have been that uh, the league has actually contacted ownership there and said, "Hey, look, get your house in order. This is getting ridiculous." Um, yeah. You know, you need to clean this mess up and, and move on and quit kicking a dead horse here. So, I don't know. I'm starting. I'm starting to wonder about Jeannie Buss and whether she's uh, maybe bitten off more than she can chew there without her brother there. Yeah. Um, I don't know well, if that's the problem or not, but it sure seems since he left that things have gone downhill there pretty quick. Or got fired yeah, or whatever happened to him. I mean, this off season's going to be bananas to see who ends up where, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Lakers at four, it's it's like, I don't know. I don't Did know it not feel like the fix was on? Just were you, were, Tell me seriously, if you watched that or if you watched the tape or whatever, did you not listen go? To, like, I listened to it on the radio. But go okay. Did, did you not think to yourself, by God, if they figure out a way to get the Lakers the first pick, I'm going yeah. to like run my vehicle into the nearest building. Because I thought that's where it was headed briefly. And I was like, holy Christ, no way. <laughs> yeah. Um, fourth, is, fourth is bad enough. I mean, they're, they're going to get a really good player at four. Yeah, well. I mean, supposedly it's a consensus top three. Uh, who's who's four, five, six uh, fan uh, mock draft? Anybody you know that Nate or? Mm. Well, it depends on whether you're a Barrett. It depends on whether you're a Barrett man or not. I think most people I have had, dived, him at, um, had him at four, I, right? I thought he was at three. Or four. He or was four at three. Is he at three? Well. I don't know. Um, from what Zion. Rod, Beard, Rod Beard, who has joined us on the show a few times, he covers the Pistons quite a bit. Um, he's released his uh, his mock draft, so I can go there and kind of look. He's got Zion one, Morant two, Barrett three, and then. Uh, DeAndre Hunter at four, and then Jarrett Culver at five, uh, Darius Garland at six, Kobe White at seven to the Bulls, eight, Cam Reddish to the Hawks, nine, Jackson Hayes to the Wizards, uh, the Hawks taking international wings to Uko Dombayo, and then the Wolves taking Brandon Clark from Gonzaga. Uh, which is not what I'm hearing out of uh, Minnesota camp here. But, yeah, he's got a mock draft up. So th- those are a lot of the players. Um, I think we're going to take Raul Hachimura from Gonzaga. So that's what I'm – that's from Minnesota. That's that's what I'm seeing. But I may have to – I might shoot Rod a message and see uh, maybe we can get him on next week and go ahead and do a way too early – to guess mock draft talk it's with not, him. So. It's, not way, it's not way too early, though. God, it's what, a bunch Oh, that's true. You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's not really that far away. It seems like it should be, but it really isn't. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll shoot Rob's message. We might have some teams have got week. some big, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, 
maybe won't be settled by draft time, but it's going to have to, some of the teams are going to have to start thinking about it because there's a few teams that really seriously need to reload big time, you know, like not like get one player in and one player out. Um, there are some that could be looking at, even some of the better teams, like even Philadelphia could be looking at, depending on where if Butler stays or goes or what happens there, uh, they might be looking at a, almost a semi-overhaul just because they'll have to. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's the, with the ownership group, they might just Well, not that's, and then that's the other thing. Like when we when we did talk about the the draft, that uh, there are some some franchises that you just can't, uh, you know, like the Knicks. Like you just really don't know what they're going to do. Okay, they got the third no. pick, and they probably should pick, you know, one of these two guys. But I can't say I'd be at all surprised if it, with the third pick, the New York Knicks pick some guy I'd never heard of. You know, some guy from the European uh-huh. League or something crazy like that, because that's kind of what they're known for. You know, they're a bit Raider-ish, a bit New York Giant-ish in their picks, or like how the Browns used to be. There's going to be a franchise or two that, that totally does the total opposite of what they should do. I'll tell you this. If the New York Knicks still have the third pick by draft nine, I'll be stunned. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I got you there. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't disagree with with you, but don't be at all surprised that they have the third pick, and with well, it, they don't take actually, the third best player. Actually, my 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 consensus is they're going to have the third pick, but they're going to take whoever the New Orleans Pelicans tell them to take. So that's my <laughs> idea on that, that one. Yeah, that's a possible. Uh, you know, well, the Raptors used to be famous for taking picks that nobody, you know, who the hell is that guy, and nobody knew. The Raptors were famous for stashing guys. They would just draft foreign guys and stash them all the time. Um, but but think about this for a second, talking about the Pelicans. Next season, there's a very extreme possibility that you could see Julius Randle, Zion Williamson, uh, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith, and Kevin Knox all on the same team, along with Drew Holiday. Not a bad young core there at all. No, no but I – You wouldn't be able to keep yeah. that core together for very long. And uh, Zion, Zion and Julius, to me, seem to cancel each other out. But with Zion having more – uh, superstar potential, in my opinion, but um, left-handers, uh, obviously Randall's a little taller, not uh, quite as thick, but I don't know, similar, eh, I don't know if they're similar games, similar there's, position. There's another case, okay, with, with the Pelicans, I mean, we're talking, they, I mean, they'd have to be crazy to take anybody but Williamson. Well, so let's assume that that happens, because well, like I said, they'd have to be nuts not to I mean, is there is there uh, is it would it be that surprising that the Pelicans end up not really being that good anyway? I mean, uh, I think they're. I don't think they're. If they trade Davis, let, let's just say hypothetically, if they trade Davis, then I don't think that uh, they're going to be anywhere near the playoffs next year. Uh, just because there's a growing pain. I don't care how good you are. Everybody goes through it. Uh, you got to grow. 
So there's going to be some growing that needs to happen there uh, no matter what. If Davis stays, and let's say they're dumb enough not to trade him by the deadline, there's a possibility they could make a playoff run. But are they going to win a championship? Are they going to get farther in the first round with that current roster? No, I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I know. I mean, I know one thing. I read another article again today where they, their ownership has basically come right out and said, we will not trade him to L.A. No, I think he's going to New York. I, they, I yeah, they, yeah, that they don't want to trade him to the Lakers for whatever reason. I think maybe it's their way of – Same conference. Well, and giving the thumb to the Lakers, basically, that you don't get whatever you want just because you're the Lakers. Because they are kind of used to just buying it or whatever, but yeah, I, I can't. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to New York because the Knicks should be better than they are. Because God, they're bad. Well, there was another strong report that you know, and off the record, but it's ninety-five percent was what I heard. Is that Durant and Kyrie are going to New York for sure? I mean, with me, I think Durant's there for sure. uh, Well, my opinion on Kyrie is like, since that shot heard around the world that basically won the title. What's he done? uh, Yeah, he's just been Uncle Drew and kind of a a fucking non-fit everywhere. Kyrie proved to me with his time in Boston, he proved to me he is not built to lead. He is built to exactly. be the second fiddle. He is a fantastic second fiddle. Um, so I think Kyrie being in New York with if Durant goes and Kyrie goes, then you're going to see uh, the old Kyrie who doesn't have to take, you know, the, he's not going to be the guy swarmed by reporters every night. He's not going to be the guy having to answer difficult questions. Durant can do that. Kyrie doesn't want to do that. He thought he did, but he's learning now that he doesn't. Well, he's going to find so, out that doing it even in Boston, which is a basketball-mad city, ain't going to be nothing compared to doing it in New York. Well, I agree. But if Durant's there, that takes a little bit of the heat off Kyrie. So him going back to being that number two player may be what he wants. Kind of like Jimmy Butler, who's a, who's always a number two or a number three player because he can't lead. Uh, and that's what Kyrie is. Well, I think he's done uh, fairly well in leading his way to the bank. Well, I mean, that's right. one thing. I'm not saying they're not making money. They are making money. Oh, they deserve to make money. I don't have a problem with that. If people are no, going to pay no him, issue with it. Jimmy no, Butler's yeah, just somebody, an asshole. If somebody's going to throw the money at him, we'd, we'd all take it. And whatever our professions are, if somebody else from another company came along and said, hey, See your contracts up with Company A, and we're going to give you. Well, we can afford to give you twenty times that over here. You'd be gone. Um, not me. Uh, as I stated earlier, I work at FedEx, and I'm staying there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but like, but but there's nothing. I mean, in the NBA, there's nothing that one team can offer you. You can't get from the other team except more money. You know, your, yeah. your your union end of things and your benefits and all that stuff, that's all coming from the same place for everybody. So that's not necessarily, you know, you're not going to lose. Yeah, I mean, it would be totally different if you, uh, if the rest of what came along with being an NBA player was dependent on the franchise you paid, played for. 
some of the poorer teams would have nothing on, you know, the Lakers or the Celtics or whoever's got the money. So I'm not even sure. The, the, the Knicks, lots of you know, the Knicks would have an ama- amazing uh, facilities and probably do anyway. But uh, when we were talking earlier, Fat Men Can't Leap is trying to get Nate. You know, they've offered him a chicken sandwich, and he's thinking about going. So, well, I mean, I, I didn't say I was going to go. I'm just saying I'm listening to offers. You said you were thinking about You were hoping they would up the offer to two chicken sandwiches. Well, it depends on what the sauce is on it. So we'll wait and see on that. I just, well, my point is, is you can't blame anybody for, you know, we always, you know, greedy bastards. And, well, he's not doing anything because he's going to go for the Supermax contract over here. And you can't really blame him. I mean, even though sometimes it's irritating, but I, I can't blame anybody for going for more money. It's what makes the world go around. Uh, That's the thing. Most of these guys aren't going for more money. They're going to, to team up. That's kind of been the the thing. Uh, yeah, in some cases, some guys uh, only they move because they want more money. Some, some, some yeah, some. LeBron, all of them. I just, you know, there were there was Zion doubters going into Duke, and you know, we even interviewed one way back when I forget who it was, but I made a Canada joke how they're soft when they don't play hockey or something, and he was like, "Let me tell you something about R.J. Barrett," and he was kind of, and it echoed what the, you know, national media did that. Um, Barrett would be the guy and it couldn't have been anything further from the truth Zion was Zion was the guy and there's still those uh, chirpers that don't think he'll translate to the next level and I think the guy's just, uh, hey, just I'm, I'm one so of them. unique I think he's just so unique that he'll just keep succeeding uh, just, just, I, I'm not sure he's going to He'll be good I don't know if he's going to be this generational guy That everybody thinks he's going to be well, I'm, not, he's got, I'm not sold on that yet He's got You know People say he, don't shoot, he doesn't shoot well That'll come And I mean I'm sure I don't have to say it Because you guys watched it more closely than I did Because I was busy as fuck But when that Big motherfucker puts two feet on the ground and leaps. He has to fucking duck his head to not hit the rim, hit the backboard. He just, like, his lack of height, somehow he puts that big body up. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, but I, but I think that's part of his game. He might have to, he may have to change a little bit because he's kind of used to being a bull in a china shop. That's not going to work in the, Big boy league. Yeah, well, he had a, he had a couple um, problems that, uh, with his ego trying to dunk over Taco Ball, uh, who's what seven six, and he's mm-hmm. also coming out this yeah. year. He may, he may have seven to six, change, average ten points uh, a game. He might have to change his body a little bit too. He's he's awful muscled up. He he may want to maybe lose a, a, a few muscle pounds, and so he doesn't have to take the beating because he's a big guy. Throwing that body around like that, it's it's not easy on the knees. And there's yeah, a difference between and there's a difference between playing 82 games a year and 30. So that's another problem. 
Yeah, that that was my bigger thing. Is uh, yes, he's very impressive coming out of college. All the kudos he deserves them all, but he really has done not much yet to be getting to be getting the uh, well. Let's count the amount of guys we've seen come out of college. Hell, Markel Fultz coming out of college was a consensus number one pick. Look how that turned out. It wasn't here. No, no. but let's be honest. In the media, he was a consensus number one pick. Nobody thought that pick was was even slightly crazy, except for you guys. I never yeah, heard I, anybody. I never heard anybody else, and, and particularly the so-called experts. Nobody said, "Oh, that's a crazy pick." No, they all said he's got all the tools. He's going to be great. They said he hasn't barely even played. So let's not count him too fast. I, I mean, I hope for his sake that he turns out to be all of that and more. I'm just not quite uh, ready to give him that tag quite yet. We do need to, to give Markel Fultz a uh, a big thank you, actually, because I'll be honest with you, TR, and I think you can agree with me on here. If it wasn't for Markel Fultz, uh, I don't think Wide Men Can't Jump would be a thing. <laughs> particularly Tom's, Tom's hatred of him, particularly. Well, I mean, Tom Tom sent me the message, um, you know, post-draft time when we were talking NBA and he's like, you know, we should do a show. And I said, okay, well, we'll figure it out. We figured it out. And, uh, here we are 80 episodes later. 80, huh? Wow. 80 episodes I, and, nearly, they, and two, two full seasons of basketball. Yeah. I, I think, I think of the 80, I've been part of three. <laughs> <laughs> well, your, your track record in the 2019 season has been a, I think you've been on the injured reserve for a while, but we're hoping TR's to like, TR's like, TR's like Brock Lesnar. He doesn't always show yeah. up, but when he does, yeah. it pops a race. <laughs> we had, we have to pay him. Yeah, big time. <laughs> well, well, I uh, I was looking into Facebook memories today, and something said uh, I was plugging the Tim and Tom show, and I was like, well, I paused that? for a minute. That, exactly, I paused for a minute. I was like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't know the last. I honestly don't know the last time we did one of those. A long time. Fall, maybe. It's been quite a while. Is it Bob Dylan that said the times they be a changing? Yeah, well, we know. all we we always said from the very get go that that uh, personal stuff we, we it was going to get in the way sooner or later, and when it did. It would be what it would be, and we would let it. We wouldn't try to treat it, you know, any different than anything else. And we just it is what it is, and that's kind of how the things work around here. When your people are available, they are, and when they're not, they're not. Hey, how um, about Ashley? How, I'm sorry to jump in because oh, I'm right. trying to get all my all my thoughts out. How about Ashley Massaro hanging herself? Yeah, uh, was that how to, was that how she went? Uh, I knew it was suicide. There's a lot to that story. I've been reading conflicting reports there, and I don't know what to believe. Yeah. Do you think foul play there, Tim? No, I haven't heard anything in that regard, but there's a there's a big difference between, um, uh, well, I don't know what they call that in the in the police world, you know, an accidental overdose, which maybe wasn't quite so accidental, but maybe was, and hanging yourself from a rope. That's two different uh that's two different things, if that makes sense. Not sure if it mm. does, but 
Well, no. one is one is definitely you know that's an attempt to to die, whereas the accidental overdose maybe that is something that was not quite planned. If you you know you're mixing, I, I took some pills and I maybe took one too many of those and didn't realize it, and then took something else and that I shouldn't have. And, and she was definitely from everything I've read, she definitely had some problems, and nobody seemed to want to help her from what. I could gather, and she wasn't having a lot of luck in getting any anybody to listen. So it's kind yeah, of sad. She, she had this weird quality where she hung around. She had more guy friends than female friends. Uh, I don't know why that was. She was very active on social media. Like I interacted with her a few times. I was quite impressed that that she would like follow. She followed me, and like she. But I, I'm not. I'm not put myself over there because she followed many people like just like you know 15 year old girls that would say like I'm a big fan which considering she worked about 15 to 20 years ago I guess uh, that would be a little weird mm-hmm. but um, she might have gotten the, she might have suffered from the um, what do they call that when you're it's hard for uh, you know regular folk to take those people seriously because they see them as Okay, like in her case, all right, she's an F, she's an ex diva, uh, she's a good looking woman. What 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 possible problems can she have? You know, she's just wanting to hear herself, uh, kind of thing. I'm one, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> if I if you I know, had a rack, well, I have too. Like yeah, when I look at a person like that, it's hard for me to fathom that she could really have all that many problems. And yet, obviously, you know, obviously she did, and you know, we forget that it's just problems on a different scale. You know, where, like, and apparently she had definitely had some problems with whatever happened to her. She did go to overseas to that, uh, the troops, one of those, you know, wrestle for the troops shows. And yeah, yeah, I saw, I yeah, read that. And that she was we... sexually assaulted. You know, I don't, I don't know, but, but regardless of whether it happened or not, it's done so, it did something to her mindset, regardless of whether it's true or not. I don't know, and we'll never know now doesn't matter, but obviously it was something that was on that she was suing him. Had to have been something going on. Um and, and yeah, one I, thing one thing is it. about her, and this is maybe a little bit on the lighter side, but you know, I have two copies of her Playboy and I tried to get her to sign one of them and she never would message me back so I could mail it to her to sign them. Oh, you poor guy. Wow. Hashtag yeah. first world problems. Holy <laughs> <way>. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a bitch! I mean, no. <laughs> no, I mean really. Eh? <laughs> it's, no, it's that's all. That woman had like when you look at it on the surface, she had no, you know, there was nothing in her life that shouldn't have been fixable for her. I mean, she was attractive. Yeah. She's in good shape. She had knew enough, you know, knew enough people. Blah 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 blah. Should have had lots of open doors for her, and for whatever reason. They either weren't or she didn't think they weren't. And that's just sad that somebody that's, you know, even that had done as much as she had done, which really wasn't, I guess, that much, but hell of a lot more than most of us would ever dream of doing. Well, she was, she was, as Nate mentioned, she was uh, a spread. Uh, She was uh, on Survivor. She, she then got a little, how many people wanted to be in that ring? Period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
she no, won the sir. deep search. She got she got uh, she got uh, caught up in an escort uh, controversy. That's at one point. Um, I wonder what her background yeah. is. I wonder if she's another one of these ones. As you know, as a pretty girl and on the surface seemed like the girl next door kind of thing, but had a shitty upbringing and you know, et cetera, et cetera, and was kind of flawed. Nobody really knew. Yeah, I mean, we we made jokes because that's what we do, but uh, you know, sad situation. No, nah, we don't. We don't. It is. We don't wish that on uh, on our enemies. We don't wish that because uh, at least I don't. Anyway. There's a lot of people I'd like to see some uh, some karma come into their lives, but not not to that degree. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys relate heavily to this, but there was a video surfacing around of uh, Artie Lang and part of his rehab uh, pumping gas. You know, I don't know. I don't know how that's a good idea by the 12 step people, but anyway. Um, and then like a day later after the guy videoed him, he, he's possibly going to jail for good now because he violated a parole, uh, stipulation and they haven't released what he did. But, uh, you know, Artie's a 51-year-old guy. You both are familiar with Artie, correct? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Successful comic. Howard Stern's sidekick made $4 million a year for eight years with Howard. Uh, drugged himself out of basically everything. And just always fucks up. I mean, and I've, I've fucked up a lot. And it's like, are some people just unreachable? So it seems, man. Probably, you know, how far, you know, some people have the best intentions to climb out of whatever hole they've dug for themselves, and some people just can't do it. Yeah, and and from all reports, I mean, I'm friends with close friends of his that I've, but I've never, you know, truthfully, I wanted to drink Jack Daniels with Artie Lang. I didn't want to snort heroin, but. Uh, I never got the opportunity to, and probably never will, and that's good if he's not doing it. But um, it's just like from all reports, he's uh, just the nicest fucking person to to other people. He just doesn't, he can't figure out how to be nice to himself, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so a lot of people are self-destructive and are their own worst enemy, so to speak. Yeah. So, I, don't know if he, uh, I mean, the addictions and what I don't know what his background story is as far as his upbringing goes. And well, the one thing is that it's it's not it's not funny, but it is because it's it's been the butt of jokes and he's accepted and whatever. But his dad was his main man, and uh, his dad fell off a roof, uh, and I think didn't die maybe he did die right away maybe i'm confusing two people but he literally fell off a roof and he either became quadriplegic and passed or he passed and uh you know that was a major blow as far as like childhood stuff for him Uh, but uh oh yeah you can't you just can't say you know anything that happens to somebody when they're younger you just there's no real way of knowing 
how that affects them and how long they carry it and whether they ever deal with it. A lot of the celebrity types, well, they, you know, that's how they deal with it, right? They, they get the, the fame and adulation, and then sometimes that leads to substance abuse and those kinds of things. And pretty soon you're, you know, you're not just dealing with one thing. You're, you're drinking and substance abuse is a problem, but it's really only a side effect of what the other, of you know, of the other problem, really. Yeah. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. And, you know, how do you deal with all that? You're not really equipped to handle that. Nobody is. Well, uh, guys, let's let's try and turn this conversation a little bit to ah. positive now. <laughs> we, it's, it's kind of depressing. Jeez. If you go yeah, on a Cambay commercial right now. I came out of the uh, out of the gate with jokes, and now I, I feel like killing my own self. We went to a dark place again. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll hang I'll myself. You, I'll tell you uh, this. Really, before we before we before we move on and talk anymore, we do have to pay a, a, a couple of bills. So hang in there, guys. One minute, we'll be right back. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Are you sick of the boring, same old campsites with the same old girls and the same boring content? Well, now's your chance to jump over to a brand new website called cambay.com. C-A-M-B-A-E.com. When you're on Cambay, whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips. Be sure to join right now and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on cambay.com. Use those credits to go towards whatever your fantasy is and make sure that you know cambay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again, it's cambay.com, C-A-M-B-A-E.com. And unlike college, it's not going to take you guys 20 free credits to finish. So join cambay.com right now. Use promo code WIDEMAN and get your free credits. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors, that is Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check them out, facebook.com slash Atomic Comic and Collectibles, LLC, and cambay.com. Check them out as well, our fantastic sponsors. We thank them all very much. We also thank Stay Classy Meats, where you can use promo code WISEMEN to save 10% on your purchase. All right, gentlemen, we're back. A little more basketball here to come on this episode after we took a slight detour into world events and the world of pro wrestling and other sports. 
nothing wrong with that. I enjoy. I always enjoy the conversation. So good times there. But uh, so again, guys, one question here before I go on. We had an interview to get to with Mitchell Moore here in a few minutes. But who wins the the finals this year? Tr are the Warriors repeating again? Yeah. I mean, I'm not even going to say much more than that. I mean, even without, even let's just say hypothetically, Durant doesn't come back. They still do it. Yeah. Um, Steph Curry's as good as he needs to be whenever he needs to be. Uh, I think he's probably the most underrated player in basketball. And that's, odd saying it about a champion and an MVP and all that, but it's like he's never in the conversation with LeBron and Kevin Durant and whoever as the best player of basketball, but he beat them all in the playoffs and he just wins and he's the best player on the team that wins. So uh, I think, I think the jury would be out next year if, if Durant does leave and, uh, and Steph wins again, then I think uh, you got to start talking about him as uh, as the top guy. Okay, I understand that. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot to talk about here. Of course, the draft's coming up soon, so we're definitely going to have to get to work on talking NBA draft. So hopefully, there'll be more of that uh, to come our way. And Tr, man. I've missed you, dude. I have. I'm glad you made it back on this episode. This has been fun. Seriously. Tim and I have missed yeah. you. Bro, some bro love. Some bromance is back. Absolutely. Feelings, feelings mutual, and I had a pretty shitty day today, so it's pretty good to uh, to just sit back and talk some shit. Well, you're still good at it, my friend, and we missed you. And, of course, we love you here. All of our listeners love you. They're glad to have you back. I know Ed Bogus is doing backflips right now, so be excited for that. Except for Eddie B. Except for who, Tim? Uh, El Toro. Oh, El Toro. Yes, El Toro is not happy with you. Little El Toro is not happy with Tom Robinson, but that's a story for another day. That is another story for another day. Right on. Indeed. Well, TR, thanks for jumping back, dude. We've missed you, and I know you're busy, man. you got things you got to do, so we will let you fly, my friend. All right, my, my brothers evening, my from, brother. from different places. Uh, all you all you wide men can't jumpers, is that what you call our fans? Uh, sure. I missed you. I missed you guys, too. And, uh, you know, peace. Uh, a nice surprise, Tim, to have TR back on the show with us. It's uh, like when somebody finds it's like when you find your favorite shirt. You thought you'd lost it. And there it was, hiding behind the drawer in the dresser, behind the uh, <laughs> dryer somehow. You put that yeah. back in the wash, and it just doesn't matter how long it's been since you last wore it. It just fits. Absolutely. Well, Tim, we got one more thing to do before we wrap up tonight's show, and that's listen to this conversation I had with Mitchell Moore. And if you want to hear about the conference finals, Mitchell and I dive deep into that as we talk about 
you know, potential game five, all the game fours, the Blazers, the Warriors, the Raptors, the Bucks. We talk about all of it. And so let's go ahead and dive into that right after we hear this from the law offices of Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Well, joining me right now is the NBA sports writer and editor for at Porter Medium. Check them out. It's Porter Medium, a global news organization for events all around the world. This is Mitchell Moore. Mitchell, thank you for joining us here on Why Men Can't Jump to Talk Some Hoops. Hey, no problem. Well, let's go ahead and dive into it. NBA Conference Finals. It's uh, a tale of two two final series. We're looking at the West has already been decided. Uh, Golden State with the sweep. And then on the other side, a series that looked like it could be over in four, but now has turned into a best of three series in, um, go, excuse me, I keep wanting to say Portland, but I mean Milwaukee and Toronto. So let's go ahead and look at the series that's already happened and is already in the books now. Uh, let's look at Portland and Golden State. What happened in that series, do you think, that really caused Golden State to just end up winning I won't say they dominated because they actually, I think they trailed more than they led in the whole series, but they ended up winning in four. What's your thoughts on that? Right. I think what Portland's issue was, I think they let the Warriors get too comfortable. And what I mean by that is they let the Warriors do what the Warriors do best, and that's just playing their game, man. I think Portland really, I mean, the last three games they were up 17 at one point, and they got comfortable with the lead, and the Warriors just do what the Warriors do, and that's just keep on playing basketball. And that's really what the Warriors did the whole playoffs to get up to the conference finals, and Portland just let them kept keep playing their game, and I think that's really what bit them in the butt. Yeah, and do you feel – I said this, and maybe I caught some flack for it, but do you feel like Portland is kind of Golden State light a little bit? Yeah, I do think so. I think I think they're uh I do agree with that because I think the Trailblazers are really they play their own game and some nights it's either really on or some nights it's really off and they play their game and they don't really morph to uh defend the other team's pace or the way they play. So I think what the issue was there is it was both teams playing the game, and of course the Warriors are the superior team. So 
that's why I think it eventually led to a 4-0 sweep. It just seems like Golden State is that team that they want you to play their style. And unfortunately, if you're Portland, you play their style because it's also your style. But when it comes down to it, both teams have the same style. The team with the better talent is going to win. And no offense to C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, but it's not Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Uh, McCollum right, and Lillard are right. a top five. They're a top five uh, duo there at the guard position. But it's Steph and Clay. It's probably the best two. Maybe, maybe in the past, you know, twenty years, you won't find a better one-two combo at the guard position than Steph and Clay. Um, yeah, you know, I think, you can look honestly, back. I think there's a, they they might have the debate for the best backcourt ever, to be honest, with the dynasty they've had yeah. and the numbers they've put up consistently. And it's just, I think the duos battled, but I think the ultimate um, mismatch was Draymond, and the way he played this that series was just phenomenal, and it really shows how worthy he is on the Warriors and how how much he really is the heart and soul of the Warriors. And that really showed this series, not not, not just the the playoffs, but that, that series really showed Draymond's worth on the team, I think. Yeah, and Draymond played well. There's no denying that. Um, I'm going to be that guy, though. I'm going to play devil's advocate because a lot of people have come out and said Draymond Green now uh, will get a max from the Warriors. I don't see that. I don't see the Warriors paying him the money that he thinks he's worth come the off season. Uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, he did play great in this series, but again, I look at Draymond in this series alone. He kind of had an advantage uh, playing the four and five because Ennis Cantor was hurt, didn't play well. Nurkic was out the whole playoffs. He dealt mostly with a guy like Myers Leonard, Zach Collins, not exactly defensive presence that you're going to need. And also two guys that are kind of inexperienced in playing on that big of a stage. Right. And I will say this, I don't think Draymond is a max player, but I think he is worth every penny and cent of teams are worthy or teams that want to give him that money. I think he, I think he'd be worth it. And it's just, it's a weird thing to say because we've never seen him off the Warriors, but I think I do not – I agree with you. I don't think he's a max player anywhere else or even on the Warriors. Yeah, I just don't see it. Maybe maybe that's just me. Of course, people are going to argue with me on that, but that's just uh, that's just how I felt. Look at some more guys for the Warriors that really showed up and played well. Andre Iguodala, uh, does that dude age? Because I just don't think he does. I don't think so, and it's, it's crazy to think how athletic and fast he was back when he was on the Sixers and how his game has adjusted he's still a dominant force on the court and it's just it's mind boggling to me how how defensively minded he is I always thought of him as a really good finisher and a really good offensive player but I think his defense obviously on the last play of that game this series but his defense throughout has been phenomenal and that's one of the key parts for the Warriors as well Absolutely, and Draymond did a great job uh, on on defense. And, and honestly, Dray or not Draymond, excuse me, Andre Iguodala. Uh, Andre Iguodala did a great job. He was able to strip the ball away in Game Two and secure a big win. Or that might have been Game Three. I'm getting my games mixed. I've watched so much basketball in the past week that I'm trying to I'm trying to keep up with everything. But yeah, I mean, right, Iguodala yeah. did a 
he's done a great job, and honestly, he's kind of an unsung hero for this Warriors team and, and how well they've played. And a lot of guys from that Warriors team stepped up. I mean, you look at some of the guys that stepped in and knocked down shots. I mean, you look at, like, Quinn Cook, uh, Jerkabo. I'm not even going to attempt the, his real name. I think it's Jonas Jerkabo. I mean, he played some solid yeah. minutes. Uh, Kevon, Kevon Looney in uh, in game four, you know, 12 points, 14 rebounds. That's a lot of great play there. And you're looking at some of these guys. You know, Bogut only played a handful of minutes here and there, but Bogut would always usually end up pretty well in the plus-minus. Sean Livingston coming off the bench, another guy, played well. So, yeah, and, and, I think it's, you know, I think it's Alfonso very McKinney, important. another guy. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really uh, odd actually that we're talking about this because going into the playoffs, you know, the concern with the Warriors was their depth and how well their bench would play. And now we look at this Portland series and their bench played a vital key in their sweep, and I think that will be really important whether they face the Bucks or the Raptors in the finals because we know both of those teams are really deep and they like playing a lot of players. Well, let's look at the other side of the coin. Let's look at Portland real quick. Um, not exactly a, a a banner series for the Blazers. Game four, McCollum Lillard played well. Myers Leonard had the game of his life, uh, thirty points, yeah. twelve rebounds. But uh, <laughs> and he but he still finished at minus seven in the plus minus. So that's that's a, that's an issue there. Uh, Rodney Hood did not show up in game four. There was really no help outside of. Of Lillard, McCollum, and Leonard. I mean, Zach Collins had ten, but I mean, you're not gonna really celebrate that because he did finish in my, at minus eight. Was it just a right. lack of depth for Portland? Was that really the main the main issue in this series? You know, I think that is the one of the main issues. But to be honest, I think they just didn't show up. And whether it was one player one night or one player the next game. I just think that they could have had a, a better showing if they. I just feel like not just their bench, but their starting lineup really lacks. I, I don't know motivation, but I I just don't think they have what it's take what it takes obviously to beat the Warriors, let alone win the conference finals in the West. Yeah, especially without Nurkic, and even with him, I didn't think they stood a chance. Um, I don't know, just Portland. I, I say it every year. I really do. I always say it. I say Portland. It's time for Portland to blow it up, or maybe not even blow it up. But I think it's time for Portland to to possibly, I don't know, get rid of either McCollum or Lillard. Go with the one you think you're going to get. Maybe use them as trade. Get some guys in there. Maybe get some uh, some wing depth because they are lacking at the wing. That is a painful position yeah. to watch. For Portland, I mean, Alfaru Camino, guys, just to me, don't don't get me excited. What do you think? You know, I see a lot of wing players like Alfaru Camino and Rodney Hood, where they're they're middle of the road players, where they're they're decent. They have decent numbers and everything, but they need a, a count accountable scorer. They need someone they can rely on at the three, and I think. You know, this free agency, you got to look at maybe a player like Chris Middleton who won't take all the usage rates out of the team but still can get you really efficient buckets and be a nice three-piece with McCollum and Lillard. Yeah, I look back on the draft this past year. Um, Portland took Anthony Simons, 
I thought that was them basically saying, okay, we're going to just go ahead and uh, get rid of McCollum. I thought McCollum was going to be gone. I did. Uh, I thought that was their way of saying we're going to take this young guy, we're going to get rid of McCollum, see what assets we can get um, for for him when they took Simons. But yet now they have three guards, and Simons is supposedly you know a solid player, but you're looking at the draft. They could there's players out there they could have taken with their pick yeah. that would have filled that wing position. Yeah, you know that that I did find that really odd that the. Blazers, they they they're known for not drafting well. Of course, the infamous Kevin Durant pick. Well, but, they're they're uh, known think, for not think, drafting well outside of McCollum and Lillard. I'll say that. <laughs> right, right, right. But I I do think that whether it's drafting or free agency, I think the Blazers really do maybe not explode or implode, but I think maybe a McCollum, Zach Collins, and layman package for a good player would be a good package for them. But ultimately, I just – it's one of those teams where, you like, you don't know their future, and it's hard to just analyze what they're going to do because you never know, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm looking at the draft, and they take Anthony Simons at 24. I'm looking at some of the players that go after him. Robert Williams, who everybody had high hopes for out of A&M, Jacob Evans. Uh, a decent player. Amari Spellman was was uh, he's a solid piece there. They could have had Mitchell Robinson. Could you imagine Nurkic and Mitchell Robinson beside each other? Holy hell! What a yeah, massive that just, would have been. Oh my god! Uh, and then and you know even guys that Knicks, Mitchell Robinson's one of the Knicks package deals where he's he's got a lot of upside and a lot of GMs front just really like his talent. So. It's oh, weird we've been big on him. We've been big on him players. on this show for a while. Yeah, we've been big on him for it's a while just, here on this show. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of Mitchell Robinson. I think he would have been really, really nice with the Trailblazers. I mean, you look at what they lacked in this series, and you, you see Mitchell Robinson, I think they, that would have been a nice piece for them in this series. Yeah, I mean, even a guy like Kieta Bates-Diop, who the Minnesota Timberwolves selected uh, at 48, He's been a, a decent piece for a second-round pick for them. They, he's done well. I'm a, I mean, I'm a Wolves fan, so maybe I'm a little bit of a homer, but, I mean, he's been a nice little piece there. Landry Shamet, if you're going to take a guard, why not take him? Look how well he's been playing here his rookie season. So, I don't know. I just feel like the Simons pick was a little bit of a miss. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it was – although he did have quite the showing for when he got minutes, but I think there could have been better picks for the team than – a better mold for their team at at that pick. Well, I mean, again, of course, this is all looking at it now. So, again, there's still time. I'm not saying Simons is a bust or anything like that. I'm just saying for this season here, if you're the Blazers, maybe maybe you could have went a little bit of wing depth. I don't know. That's oh, just yeah. my opinion. Well, let's jump to the other side of the coin here. We talked about the Blazers and we talked about the uh, the Warriors. Let's look at the Bucks Raptors series, which has turned out to be a very very fun series so far. What's your thoughts so far on this series? You know, it's very teeter totter, and I think what the key is is you look at the games and Milwaukee got up to a two zero lead, and they they played their pace and they really 
got the Raptors uncomfortable the first two games. And then once the Raptors got home, I think they played their pace and they got comfortable and got the Bucks uncomfortable. So I think it's really the rest of the series, since it's Bucks, Raptors, Bucks for the home court, I really think the Raptors need to steal this game five. Otherwise, I think the Bucks will just be able to get into their, their comfortability. And I really don't see the Raptors being able to win the series if they don't win this next game. Uh, winning a game seven in Milwaukee will be difficult. Winning a game five will be a little bit simpler. But I feel like the Raptors, not only has home court helped, but they have – they they almost got their swagger back after that double overtime win. Maybe maybe that's how I, I got that feeling on it. I felt like that they were kind of out of it a little bit. It was kind of a, uh, eh, you know, Milwaukee was just – they had the, the mental edge as well uh, on the court. When they got back home and they won in double overtime, like, we can beat this team. We just proved it. We did it. Maybe they helped get their swagger back. What do you think about that? You know, I do think that could be the case, and certainly you look at how Kawhi's been defending Giannis, and that is something you we can't not mention because, I mean, Giannis has been out of his groove the last two games, and Kawhi's been really doing a phenomenal job on him defensively, and the supporting cast for the Bucks haven't been up to par when Giannis is getting locked like that. So it just really is up to the supporting cast once your star player doesn't play like up to par. So Yeah. And, and you know, we look at Giannis and we say, well, he didn't play up to par. And if you look at his numbers, you know, him not playing up to par is still pretty, uh, pretty damn spectacular. Uh, if you look at it, because last night he, he, he doesn't have a great game. They lose by 18, but yet he has 25, 10, five assists. So not a bad game. Uh, not a bad game for really, if you look at it, then right. uh, you, you he only the, had, you look at their, sorry, excuse me. No, I was just saying game three, 12 points, seven assists, but 23 rebounds, which is a career high. So him not playing up to snuff is still, better than most people playing well. Right, and I didn't mean necessarily numbers-wise. I'm just saying Kawhi really got him out of his groove offensively. And, you know, Giannis's big thing is the pace and transition. He's a monster in transition. And I think the Raptors and Kawhi really got bit him in the butt with the transition defense. And I think that's what got him out of his groove uh, offensively, but yes, he still put up great numbers and everything. But you know, it's ultimately about uh, mentality, and you know, Giannis isn't gonna be as mentally stable if he's getting locked like that. So it's really, it's really just up to the Raptors defensively. I think the rest of the series. Yeah, and if they can maintain that level of defensive intensity, that's going to help too. But, of course, both teams have a great home court advantage. Uh, the Raptors, I, I'm dying to go see a game in Toronto one of these days. Even if I have to stand in Jurassic Park, I'm okay with that. Uh, I just, I would love to go see a game there. But when I look at, at game three, I think game three was it, we will look at as the turning point of the series. I took the Raptors to win in seven. I'm still sticking with that. Um, I think the game three, when Giannis fouled out on that controversial block charge call, 
I think that may end up being the turning point of the series and what we're looking at in the future and saying, okay, that call right there really changed how these two teams approach this series. And I think we've got to give credit to Nick Nurse for allowing Kawhi Leonard to stay in the game and play more defense on Giannis because that seems to have helped too here in these last two games. Yeah, and I think also with the Raptors is Kyle Lowry. I mean, he really has stepped up these last two games. And we've talked, everyone talks about how he's the vital point, but when him and Siakam play together and play a really well game, along with Kawhi's good defensive and offensive game, I think that's really the key point and the turning point for the Raptors. It, it's not necessarily Kyle has to put up 25-10, but, like, if he puts up consistent numbers, he gets he – gets, he gets the scoring going with Pascal Siakam. I think, I think that's what makes the Raptors' world go round offensively. Yeah, and they've actually had a lot of supporting cast help. Serge Ibaka played a good, a very solid game last night. Norman Powell had a big game in Game Three, and they, like you said earlier, they've had the supporting cast help in these last two games that Milwaukee had in Game One and Two because Chris Middleton didn't play. You know, I didn't see Chris Middleton lighting it up in game three and four. I mean, granted, his numbers weren't bad, but he wasn't um, he wasn't setting the world on fire, if that makes any sense. He couldn't pick up the slack where, uh, where Giannis had left off because, I mean, he played well in game – he played really well in game four. He had 30 points. Uh, but if you look back at game three, if I'm not mistaken – let me get the box score up here – uh, game three, he had nine, nine and nine in game three in 44 minutes. And, and that can't happen. Uh, he's got to play better. Right. Uh, and, and Malcolm Brogdon had 20 in game three. And then when you look at game four stats, uh, you see Malcolm Brogdon only had four. So you're just not getting any help from everybody consistently. And that's become the issue with Milwaukee. Yeah, and I think I think it was game three where the, the Milwaukee starting five just shot awful percentage. And then you look at the bench, and I think I believe it was Brogdon and George Hill who had 24 and 20. And, you know, when the starting lineup doesn't shoot up the par and the sporting cast does, that, that really does help push it. But ultimately it's the starting lineup that's going to get you the wins and the sporting cast can only do so much. So it's really difficult to analyze, you know, the starting lineup doesn't play good. The the bench players do, they both have to collectively play a good game. So it's just hard to analyze that. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and a guy that played well in the previous series, Pat Connington, He's been pretty much silent this whole series. Uh, Bledsoe hasn't done a whole lot. You know, Brooke Lopez had the big game one, and now he's kind of vanished. Uh, he had 16 in game two or game three, and then in game four he kind of, again, eight points. And if you watch Brooke Lopez early in the series or early in the game yesterday, he was very frustrated. You could see he was really jawing with the officials, didn't like the calls, and I'm thinking maybe that physical play that the referees are allowing in this series is causing some fits with these guys who, again, Brooke Lopez hasn't been here before really, and a lot of these players haven't been here, and they're not used to 
all this physical style of play. And I felt that that affected Portland, too, because as the games got close down the stretch, you notice the refs let a little more go and a little more go. Golden State was used to it. Portland really was not. They were looking for fouls that they weren't getting, and I'm thinking the same thing with Milwaukee. Kawhi Leonard's used to it. He's been here before. What do you think? Yeah, I think Marcus Saul is the key for what happened to Brooke Lopez these past games. You know, he's always been known for that physical under-the-rim center. And Brooke Lopez, of course, is known for his his agility and shooting from the outside of front-facing forward or center, I'd say. And, you know, it really does make a difference with experience because you look at, like you said, you look at the Blazers and how – in the end, in the fourth quarters, they let the let the teams play, and they got really physical. And the Warriors, of course, were used to that. And I think the Raptors with Mark Saul and Kyle, who does have a lot of playoff experience, and of course Kawhi with the Spurs, they're used to it, and you know it doesn't really affect their game. So it's it's hard to look at it if you're if you're on that team, but if you look at it from the outside, it's pretty obvious to see. Well, we've talked about the conference finals, and uh, I did want to get into that a little bit. Let me go ahead and put you on the spot here. You still are you still taking Milwaukee to win this series, or are you going to stick with? Are you going to change your mind and go with Toronto? I'm going to go with Milwaukee in six or seven. I think they can get it in six if they steal game if they take game five. But I don't. Okay. I really don't see the Raptors getting to that game seven or five if they steal game five it's anyone's game but i really ultimately see the bucks pushing through and getting it done within six or seven all right well one more question for you here um i saw something you shared and this again is is a little this is off subject um you shared something from the undisputed the other day about LeBron James possibly going to the Pelicans, uh, having the Lakers trade LeBron. What did you think of that? I saw you share that, and you say, how far-fetched is this? So I, I was wanting to get your thoughts on that, because Anthony Davis, the Pelicans, uh, the, the number one pick overall, the whole situation has been a topic of discussion. So what's your thoughts on LeBron maybe going to the Pelicans, or where do you think Davis eventually ends up? That's what I'll ask. So the floor is yours on that. You know, I think it is pretty far-fetched to say LeBron's going to get traded because, of course, you know, the yeah. market, and of course, the, the great player he is, it'd be hard for them to trade LeBron and the legacy he has for the potential of Zion. But I think it really is not that far-fetched. You look at Zion and you look at how many tickets he sold the first when they got the number one pick. It's something that the Lakers really would like, especially with that young core. And if they have to trade LeBron, then they wouldn't have to get rid of that young core to surround Zion. So it's really not that far-fetched as people think, but I do not think it's going to happen, obviously. Okay. And, th- right. and then well, with Davis, you... with Davis I think I think it really, it really is so many variables because this offseason surrounds him and Katie, I think ultimately, and then the rest, like Kyrie and Kawhi, I think they will they will decide once the, those two big dominoes fall. So I think what Davis, what's going to happen with Davis is he's either going to get traded to the Knicks or 
the Lakers. I don't think there's any in the middle. I don't think the Celtics are going to be able to make a move with Kyrie out, possibly. And, you know, the Knicks really, I think they are the front the front leaders. And I think with Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox maybe in the deal, I think they could really get a deal done there. Yeah, there's a possibility of that. Dennis Smith Jr. could be included in that deal. Obviously, the pick. So you're looking at a Pelicans team who could end up potentially with R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson if they make that trade with New York. Uh, and then, of course, you know the Lakers have a lot to offer. Uh, many Knicks fans say it's not what the Knicks can offer. We had a Knicks fan call in last week, and he was very vocal about how the Lakers' offer was nowhere near as good as the Knicks. And I'm sure Lakers fans agree. Will will on the other side say no? Our offer is way better. So <laughs> right now it's an Anthony yeah. Davis sweepstakes. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, I think he ends up on the Knicks personally. That's just me, but we'll wait and see uh, in terms of that. But Mitchell, thank you so much for for calling in and jumping on with me and talking some NBA. And uh, once you let our listeners know where they can keep up with you, find you uh, some great stuff going on for you so let our listeners know where they can find you yeah so you can find me on twitter at mitchell moore pm and actually porter medium the news agency i recently joined is launching their website on thursday so make sure to uh look out articles and i i recently wrote a top 20 nba players right now so that might be a little oh god uh, controversy <laughs> but it's a must read in my opinion so oh goodness one of those that that is a debate that we've never had on this show because I just don't want to do it <laughs> because I yeah, tell everybody well, we try to be we try to be different here personally and I get and I'm sure it's a great reason I will check it out 100 percent I'm going to check it out because I want to know who you've got uh, but that's something I don't try I try not to get into because if it, it, it ends up being a a big fight. And people just and nobody's minds get changed, so that's how I look at it. But I do want to check out your article, so I definitely will. Yeah, it's 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 controversy for sure. So it's a must read, and I uh, thank you for having me today, and I'd love to oh, no join problem. you again. Oh, anytime. When you get your article up, uh, link it to me, and I'll share it on our Twitter and uh, try to get it on Instagram, Facebook. That way, we can get some traction for you. Check it out. I uh, would love to read it and get our listeners uh feedback and uh we'll get this show out the show will be out tonight so uh we'll get that to you and you know, share it around all righty thank you much all right thanks again mitchell thanks and hey, no problem have a good day And that was my conversation, if I could speak, with Mitchell Moore from Porter Medium as we talk about the NBA Conference Finals, and we were all over that. Tim, you still with me, my brother? I'm here and living the life. That's right. Uh do want to say this. Because of the unexpected phone call from TR, uh, who is, uh, he's like herpes. You never know when he's going to show up. Uh, I'm kidding, TR. I love you. Uh, but it was great to hear from Tom tonight. We haven't got to hear from him in a long time, so we wanted to spend some extra time with him. Well, uh, the interview. Go ahead. We'll maybe we'll maybe give the uh, listeners a little help there. Maybe we'll give a couple of timestamps on this baby. 
if you're not interested in uh, the good old boys talking about the good old boys for 20 minutes, you can just go past it and pay it no attention. <laughs> pay it no mind. But uh, the uh, interview with Tom next Moore week. will be next safe week. for Dynasty. next week. Next week, <laughs> our, my conversation with Tom Moore will be on episode 81. So if you're looking forward to the Tom Moore interview, next week we will have that for you. Not, you don't uh, want to miss it. We talk a lot about the He's got quite the following with our uh, fan base. Yeah, and I told him that too, and uh, he, you know, he's very humbled by it. He enjoys it. Uh, hopefully, a guy when I go to Philly this summer, uh, he and I had spoken about maybe getting together and having a beer. So, I got, I'm going to be having a beer with quite a few people when I visit Philly. You better, so. you better swap that down to having a, you know, what do you people there call it? A soda. Uh, uh, I, we call it pop here in West Virginia. Pop, pop. yeah, uh, pops all right so, up here. People don't know what you were talking about. The soda up here has ice cream in it. So, ah, okay. So you're talking about a, uh, as we call them, a root beer float. Yes, we also that terminology is also sometimes uh, would be acceptable north of the border. Awesome, awesome. But we do want to thank you guys for listening this week. We we covered a lot of ground, and this. This was a show that was kind of all over the place. Tim, that dynasty talk, we need to get back to that next week. Next next week, dynasties, Tom Moore. And who knows? uh, Raptors win NBA championship. Um, Well, I doubt it'll happen by then, but we will have plenty to talk about next week because fantasy championship. If I'm not mistaken, the NBA finals begin next Thursday. I was going to say we will by by the next show we will know who's in the final, and we'll be able to. Preview we will. That yeah, we will have a nice preview. So we're looking forward to that. We're going to have a good time. So you know what? Thanks. Going to blow their draft pick. <laughs> well, we want to thank you guys for listening and thank our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New NewLawOffice dot com, Cambay dot com. Well, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. Visit them on Facebook.com slash Atomic Comic and Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. And you can visit Stay Classy Meats at StayClassyMeats.com. Use promo code YB and save ten percent on your purchase at Stay Classy Meats. So thank you to all of our wonderful sponsors I here to, tonight. Uh, I wanna quickly Sorry to cut you off. Um, I wanted to make brief mention of something that you had brought to my attention that uh, uh, congratulations to Mr. New on his naming to the uh, top 100 uh, barristers and solicitors, et cetera, et cetera, in the greater United States. Pretty amazing stuff, I must say. Yeah, definitely. That don't Um, happen to just anybody. No, no, it doesn't. And no. uh, Steve P. New, one of the best out there doing it. And we do thank him for being a sponsor. And if you need any help, New Law Office, newlawoffice.com. And he is a great, still, a great lawyer. Yeah, we still got to get a hold of him about uh, doing some kind of what we had talked about there earlier. About uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I haven't had a chance to text him. About... I haven't had a chance to send him a message yet. But we will definitely, I'll get in touch with him this week. He's got to uh, have just... somebody down there that he wants to punish. <laughs> I'm sure he does. But uh, again, you can listen to the show on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio. We've teased the Sunday Night Roundtable for the past like two weeks, and we've yet to deliver. 
this week it will be back. There's no more Game of Thrones. There's no wrestling events on this Sunday. Sunday Night Roundtable is back this Sunday, and Tim will probably be talking a little bit of wrestling, talking a little bit about the uh, all-in pay-per-view. I also have it on authority that uh, there will be no little TR this week. Oh, man. But little TR has assured me that he will be, for our dissemination next week, Oh no! Be his manifesto. Oh no! The El manifesto, Toro manifesto. El, the El Toro manifesto. He's got some demands. Oh no! Uh, and some things he wants met before he's willing to uh, come back to the real world. Um, okay. So God only knows what that could be, but uh, I'm sure there's going to be Twinkies involved. I'm guessing. I'm going to guess. If I had to guess, number one will be in in an increase. Of the stuffing in Twinkies, I'm quite sure that'll be number one. But uh, I think they make double stuffed Twinkies now, so he should be okay. Uh, then, then T, little Tr is going to want like quads or something because that kid's had gone well, for the, the Twinkies. But well, I don't know how we can handle it, that. Rumor <laughs> has it that he that he has actually contacted uh, Ed Bogus about oh. uh, about food choices. For, uh, Ed being wow. a bit of a connoisseur in that area, if you know what I mean. I'll tell you what, Ed Bogus should start his own podcast about fast food and Sheets uh, run-and-done food. Cause so, so, Ed Bogus, <laughs> I, I hear you right mean, there. I've learned a whole new lingo from reading Ed's Facebook posts about when he makes the midnight run to Sheets for something, and I took me quite a while to figure out what all that was. And I realized, these bastards running for food. I love this man. This man is, not my, this man is my hero. How does he get away with this stuff? He has a wife and children. Or does he have, does he have any kids? Yeah, he's got a kid. Yes, he does have a kid. Oh, how does he how does he get away? Well, well we gotta have Ed on. Ed, tell us your secrets. Sarah, how do you get away teach, with it? Teach us your ways, Ed. Oh wise but, oh wise one. Oh wise Ed. Um but yeah, we're, we'll be back though next week with a new show. We'll be talking about all kinds of stuff. And we uh, never, we never even mentioned that your team hired Colonel Sanders' son to be their next coach. <laughs> yes, Ryan Saunders has been hired uh, to be the new coach. So we'll okay, we'll, uh, we'll talk up. more. I'll shut up now. <laughs> we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, we do thank you guys again for listening. Again, thank our sponsors. And iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, anywhere you find podcasts, we're there. Check us out, WideMenCanJump.com. Make sure you visit there. Uh, We'll be having more stuff go up soon. It's just been a busy, busy time. So, again, we apologize for taking so long to get some new stuff up on WideMenCanJump.com. So, we promise more stuff coming up there. Stick with us. So, um, Tim, anything you want to – throw in here before we uh, call the night? I think I'm, I think I'm good. Uh, you know, if you, you need a laugh, come 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 Sunday. Check us out. I think both barrels might be blazing come Sunday night. Oh, yeah. We'll have a good time Hold Sunday. Up. So could even be the could even be a uh, uh, the uh, reveal of the new um, I've forgotten his name. Oh, my Lord. It's been so long since I talked to my cousin. Oh my goodness, Frank! My cousin Frank from Flintlawn might, oh might have the new reveal of his new ode to Tom Robinson. I'm a man. I thought, I thought Frank boss. was gone. I, I thought he moved. 
Well, no, he's still taking gullible American money up north, but uh, he's found time to, to work on it. I don't know if he's done or not. We'll have to see, but you could see the unveiling of I'm a man, I'm lost, and I've got a box by Tom Robinson. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> wait, I'm already uh, excited. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, again for listening in. And uh, this has been White Man Can't Jump. Sam, send us home. Get back in that cupboard, little TR, you little bastard. Peace. I ain't even got to say it. That's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at WidemanCanJump.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts. They're available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and by Cambay.com. Be sure to visit Cambay.com and use promo code WIDEMAN to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Men Radio Network.